0: I'll <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name's Zach, and this week I have the regular band of crews. I have Mark and Steve. Mark, how are you today?
1: Okay. How about you?
0: I'm doing fairly well. Good. I can't complain. Good. And Steve, top notch. Top notch. Well, another uh, fun-filled episode. We got a couple couple topics, uh, but first first things first. Uh, what has everyone been playing? Any any new developments on? Uh, on Star Wars, or uh, what? What are, what are we? Uh,
1: what are we seeing? Here? Actually, we started some Indiana Jones since we last talked. Uh, Steve, what do you think?
2: Uh, I'm having a great time. Mark is running the game. Um, we're playing with uh, Matt, who's a regular player of ours, and uh, a friend of mine named John, who came in um, uh, and played his first session first session ever of something that wasn't d and d
0: <laughs> and nice.
2: And um, yeah, we're playing through a module, and it's really rolling along really smoothly. um it's it's a new system. I've never used Deckmaster before. Um, and, it's, we're, we're kind of dancing around the rules a little bit and, and it's going a lot smoother than I was anticipating based on my first reading of Deckmaster. (laughs) So, um, yeah, actually everything's very fluid, very dynamic. And, um, yeah, we're having a great time with it. Mark's doing a great job. He's killing it with the story.
0: Very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys weren't using the, uh, the West End D6 system.
1: Yes. We West End, not the D6 system. It's called, uh, Actually, it's called Master Books. Master Books. Uh, oh, sorry. it's Master it's, Books. Okay, yeah. It's uh, you know it has a has a deck uh, mechanic that helps kind of randomize play and you use it for initiative. Nice. You it gives the characters or the players some uh, options for for card play. Basically, they can play cards that are kind of interrupts for their actions and, cool. and bring new things in, shake things up, uh, force the game master to do things differently. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a fun system. I, I haven't played it in a long time, so I'm, I'm kind of getting back, uh, you know, getting back used to it, but, uh, I played it a lot back in the day and, uh, yeah, it's nice to enjoy, it's nice to find out why you liked it and, and how well it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, like, Absolutely. like Steve
1: said, it, it's something that, I, you know, I kind of remembered being crunchier than, than it is. I mean, when you really get to it and, and get the flow down, it's not too bad. I, I think it's. Uh,
2: yeah when we were reading through the rules it felt it felt super crunchy like the whole thing with the cards wasn't incredibly intuitive but it was enough so that i figured okay we'll we'll give it a couple rounds and maybe after a few sessions you know we'll get the flow for it and honestly it's just been popping like you know it's been very straightforward much more than i was anticipating um and the flow's great um we don't have many lulls it's it's very actiony um and maybe that's just the story that we're playing but
1: uh, I mean, it feels like a Jones movie.
2: It's great. It's so. it's
1: really designed to be very pulp action cinematic. So, mm-hmm. you know, which means it fits great with an Indiana Jones style uh, genre. And, you know, I, I was worried that it wouldn't fit well with Roll 20 because it's, you know, Roll 20. is mm-hmm. nobody set up anything for Roll 20. Yeah. But uh, other than getting the cards in, which was, it's a, it's a big deck. So that, that was a lot of work but uh once it's in it that actually works pretty well cuz it's a a pretty straightforward Good. die roll um mm-hmm. uh-huh. that uh you know then you have to kind of interpret a little bit but uh you know it's not as it's not that's not that complex you you basically come up with a a, a modifier that you add to your skill and that's it
0: yeah very so, nice
2: yeah. well and we're, we're really also cool. having a bit of an issue because roll 20 doesn't have built-in templates for the characters uh so that's yeah. making mm-hmm. it a little bit more tricky to keep track of stats so um i i know that probably you know the indiana jones game from way back when isn't high up on their priority totem pole um <laughs> and it's it's also player contributed <laughs> so maybe the answer is to get off my butt and see if i
1: can't make some templates for it but well it's either a, way yeah i mean even a, a generic um, uh, uh, master book. Uh, Game, you know, template would be character sheet, would character yeah. sheet is, is really all that's needed because that so, would actually, uh, uh, work for all of the, the master book games. Um, right. There, yeah. There's a few mm-hmm. of them exactly. out there and, you know, you don't have to be Indiana Jones specific for that. Yeah. But, um, but, we, but yeah, one of the problems is, is of course that the it, PDFs aren't out there for, uh, yeah. the Indiana Jones part of it, the, the master book rules are there, but, uh, the specifics. So character design, uh, was, was a big handicap. So pretty much, I just said, you choose a template and I'll write down your character sheet. That's what you, what, that's what you're stuck with. Um, right. So, and
2: that worked out pretty well, by the way, for the purposes of this game, like actually like the archeologist template that we grabbed ended up being sufficiently like Indiana Jones that nice. I basically feel like I'm playing a knockoff Indiana Jones. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sounds, sounds like, uh, one of those games that the, the creator of, uh, you know, all those little, uh, serial numbers filed off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Needs, needs to jump in and, 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 uh, flesh out. That's yeah. True.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Some other hero yeah. protagonist with like a state first name, like, you know, Hannah Montana. <laughs> something, something that has
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i think that one's free i think that one's that one's available that
2: one's good okay good Thank goodness. starring Shia boof
0: <laughs> <Starring Shia> <laughs> <laughs> i
1: would watch that, <laughs> oh, that was
0: good. i know you would steve definitely <sighs> okay zach your turn oh, how's your game going um my turn it's it's going uh we did a little Friendsgiving celebration here uh yesterday shall i say nice and uh you know everybody kind of made a little bit of food and brought it and we, we all stuffed our face. We played more, uh, Munchausen.
1: Oh, okay. Good because deal. we didn't
0: want to, we didn't want to focus on, uh, on a, uh, on a campaign. Nothing too structured. Right. right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, Told some more stories. We played a little bit of Cards Against Humanity too. Ooh, of okay. course, can't go wrong there. That's a must. With, when you, when actually, you have people I say home. can't
2: go wrong there, but you can actually go wrong pretty easily there. But as long as you're having fun with it, that's what counts.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of wrong stuff in, uh, in Cards Against Humanity. My God. But <laughs> yeah, definitely awesome. But like we always do, we want to jump into our segment. Wish of the week. wish of the week we talk about anything we're excited for from movies to rpgs to video games let's start with steve steve what wow. you got
2: okay mine is a very very old wish of the week uh i recently attended a uh arcade game convention where oh. they were selling video games and you probably know i'm an arc- i'm a video game collector and I have been looking, there's a personal grail that I've been hunting for for literally decades now uh, to kind of round out my console D&D game collection. Uh, there's a TurboGrafx-16 game called Dungeons & Dragons Order of the Griffin, which is impossible to find complete. And I tripped over a copy at this convention and I picked it up for a oh, very man. reasonable price. So, like, literally, I've been trying to find this thing on eBay for, like, ages and ages and ages now. And it fell into my lap at at a great deal. And I'm so thrilled that I was finally able to pick this up. Oh, so that's amazing.
0: That I need is to... great.
2: Once I spend some more time playing it, I can actually talk about playing it. But it actually feels very gold box, like the old style, like pool of okay. radiance type thing. Um, yeah. They played up the formats a little bit, and it's got better graphics than a lot of the contemporaries <laughs> of that time. But um, it's crazy to like be back in sort of the gold box D and D games. It's like like suddenly you're like, oh my god, you know, it's it's I don't know, it, it's really fun, and I finally got this thing, so I am super super happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. It's kind of a, a follow-up on uh, on a previous Wish of the Week, <laughs> kind of. Because yeah, you, you talked about it briefly on, on the last episode, I believe, or a couple episodes oh, back or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. That it was oh, all okay. fair, and I'm just speaking out my ass. Oh, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> either way. Um, either or. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, cool. go, go
1: on. Uh, Mark? Yeah, Mark. I am going to classy up the joint a little bit and go literary. Ooh. Uh literally. Yes. Uh there is a new book out by Anthony Horowitz, uh called okay. Forever and a Day. Uh it is a new James Bond novel. Um hmm. uh, Anthony Horowitz also wrote a book called uh Trigger Mortis, which he did <laughs> with approval of the Ian Fleming estate. And uh it was actually written as a uh Sequel to Gold, uh, Goldfinger um, Okay oh, interesting He actually got some of Ian Fleming's writing And incorporated it into the book And mm. uh, so it's set period It's actually set in the 60s So it's, it's 60s James Bond Which is really cool um, Oh that's cool but no, And now this new one uh, Forever in a Day Is a prequel to Casino Royale So this is the book about how James Bond Gets his double O oh, Interesting yeah. oh that's too crazy so like again it's sorry for yeah bond so again it, it's that period it's that in the 50s um and again with the uh approval of the fleming estate so uh yeah that's something i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to I, I mean i get it it's to paperback but still um <laughs> it uh well yeah it seems like that's such a great idea because I mean, at this point,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but they've they have mined everything that Ian Fleming has ever written, like Six Ways to Sunday, mm-hmm. and they've made plenty of like has nothing to do with the novel movies to go along with it. So True. if they can actually continue on with like sort of a more literary like Bond novel thing, it could set the stage for for more Bond sequels down the road that have plots that don't feel like Star Wars. Well,
1: there have been uh, <laughs> there have been a lot of James Bond novels. That have kind of continued on. Um, there was one called Colonel Sun, which came out mm-hmm. right shortly uh, after uh, Ian Fleming produced doing it. And parts of that book were actually incorporated in Die Another Day. Uh, okay, if you remember the Korean general was Colonel Sun. Um, oh, So right. parts okay. of that were were there. Um, but uh, yeah, like you say, some of the books. Um, or some of the movies have nothing to do with the books, So there's still stuff to mine there, but in terms of a lot of the names, general stuff, um, John Gardner wrote a whole huge series of, uh, James Bond books that kind of continue on. They became, they kind of merged more with the movies, I think a little bit more, uh, okay. and, and kind of went that route. But, uh, this is interesting because it's actually period. It's actually bond back in the day. Um, not trying to modernize it yeah which i I think is it's an interesting uh different take so uh so yeah that makes sense to me that's what i'm looking forward to
0: very cool very cool and is that out is that it's it's out in hardcover
1: yes i haven't i haven't gotten it yet but uh Mm -hmm. maybe waiting for paperback but that's uh that's something i'm excited about
0: yeah absolutely absolutely uh for me this week um, is the wonderful, wonderful new game called, uh, Let's Go Eevee? <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the new, new Pokemon game for the Switch.
2: Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, it takes you back to the days of Gen 1 when everything was wholesome and good. And there were um, only
2: 150 things to remember.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's, um, one one downside of it, they've added so many upsides that it's it's okay. But it's it's essentially a, um, you know a a, a res, reskinning, uh, you know up the quality of um, of red, blue, and yellow version. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's essentially the same story. They've added a lot of new stuff, um, especially with this, you know this. P- pokemon is now your companion like it's got an attachment to you okay um a little bit more so you you can do better things with that specific pokemon like there are a couple people that give you um you know special moves that you know are unique to this game and and uh unique to that that companion you have
2: so now does that mean that like do you still make a a party of what six or however many that you've got yes. that you go on fights with and but it, like one of those six is going to be Eevee or whoever your default guy or is Pikachu. or can you swap out the default
0: No, it's just the it's the one. It's the game okay. you buy. So they have let's go Pikachu uh, and then they have Eevee as well. So okay. they have those two variations. Um okay. at least at least at this point in time. I don't know if they'll they'll do it with with others, uh, but essentially your your starting Pokemon is is that Pokemon, and um and yeah, but yeah, it also gives you the ability for, in my case, eevee to do some special moves, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know like cut, fly, um, flash, and then two okay. others, uh, the ones that like they the don't... mobility HMs that you
2: basically had to lose actual stuff to do before right oh, and cool. and you
0: don't you don't use those slots, those slots aren't in the attacks oh,
2: thank God, okay that's like I know. An improvement so right it's
0: there. so it's a nice kind of special feature to having this new kind of powered up companion mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's good because you know with all of those like surf or uh you know all these these other fly flash etc you had to use up your slots and you had to keep those (laughs) or else you're screwed.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, can you get all of them from one version or do you have to do the, the swap with somebody else who has the other version thing uh, to get the whole list? You can get them all. You can get them all in either version. Uh huh. Okay. Good deal. And they came
0: out with, with a little pokeball uh, controller Mm -hmm. that you can play with that has mew in it.
2: Oh, nice. So you can also
0: get mew with that. Which I I didn't know when when uh, purchasing the uh, the uh, the controller, but yeah, it's just That's it's it's it. essentially a Pokeball shaped uh, Joy-Con, <laughs> you know, okay, essentially. Yeah. But it's it's like a Pokeball. It's the the center uh, white piece on the Pokeball is the joystick. Oh, okay. So That's it's really nice. cool. It's really well. Interesting. I heard
2: I heard you can use the ball with the Pokemon Go too. So if yes, you're a you fan can. of Pokemon Go, you've got multiple use out of it so
0: and i am oh okay. <laughs> yeah okay
2: now how's that work? like if you're around a pokemon you just hit the button and it grabs whatever it is without a screen mm-hmm. okay yep. okay
0: yeah so it's kind of like a, a you know you don't have to look at your phone to play kind of thing hmm. like so, nice. you, like you're at the mall you don't want to be just sitting on your phone you know Yeah. You you don't want to be the silly
2: guy who's clearly playing Pokemon on his phone walking around. So instead you're (laughs) carrying around a Pokeball.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. As long
2: as you don't look ridiculous, but no, I'm a huge fan of Pokemon. (laughs) This sounds awesome. I've actually got the, uh, the, the Pikachu version on order. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was on the fence as to which one to get. And my wife kind of overrode me. So I, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but that's okay. I'm going to have fun with it.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be good regardless. Um, but yeah, the, the, they added so you know in Pokemon when you would walk in the grass there was a random mm-hmm. chance that you'd get a Pokemon right yeah 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 in this they've made everything 3D so you actually have the Pokemon hopping around or flying or in oh, the okay. in the real world and you so, see, you so you have the option
2: those, you can avoid the bats in the stupid cave
0: yep ah oh, and all yes. the Diglets and Diglett Cave yeah <laughs> oh
2: my gosh okay yeah so I'm you in. can
0: you can kind of choose pick and choose what you want to do okay um that and they kind of uh threw pokemon go in there as well so like mm-hmm. the uh the catching aspect of it and the uh throwing the Pokeball and, and stuff like that they they threw into uh into the game so, so you have kind to of, like they kind of streamline catching okay and uh and so yeah so you have you played pokemon go
2: yeah yeah a bit.
0: so you know the the ring that gets smaller and smaller and you have to yeah it does that,
2: okay, mm-hmm.
0: so that's how you catch and and you can give it berries to to uh make it easier to catch and stuff like that
2: I gotcha, okay, so
0: they they make it you don't have to battle the pokemon to catch it, which is really nice because if if your pokemon is it was much higher level, just one shot it and and you wouldn't yeah. you know have the option to get that it was that impossible pokemon to
2: weaken again. anything, yeah, yeah, I
0: remember really? that, yeah, Ugh.
2: No, that's cool. It that sounds yeah, like a really cool improvement.
0: They've streamlined a lot of stuff and and I I appreciate it. I really appreciate it.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. Yeah, it takes me back because my my fir- my first Pokemon game was of course Pokemon Blue uh that I'd gotten when I was I was, I was a child and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of takes me back to those days of uh of running through going to Saffron City and you know going to the uh the safari, the Pokemon safari. Oh yeah. Safari mm-hmm. Zone. But yeah. It's, it's very nice very cool I, I enjoy it quite a bit i've played the first night i played uh for several several hours hmm. oh wow in, into into the early morning <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i was off the next day so that's, that wasn't a problem <laughs> oh man but yeah yeah uh, also for a wish of the week uh i chopped off the the uh tip of my finger cooking Ouch. yesterday so that's fun
2: ow so so you wish you had it back is that what that is
0: <laughs> i wish i had it back yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't do that wish i had it back. yeah you know definitely i'll, <laughs> I'll keep that that note uh, <laughs> in my in my subconscious there but yes yeah.
1: important safety tips don't, don't hurt yourself
0: yeah, yeah don't don't do what i just did yeah. but uh but yeah that'll be it for this segment of wish of the week Now on to some main topics here, I guess. We got a couple of them. Sure. Uh like like usual Mark brings brings the most <laughs> uh entertaining things to to the topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so let's let's uh carry on, shall we? Mark, what do you have?
1: Uh well, I guess uh should we dive in with the uh, probably the biggest news uh from yeah, all of we'll in s- the room? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um john wick uh kind of announced that he had to do some uh, major cutbacks to uh his organization um basically he's la- laid off all of his uh john wick presents employees um you know basically took another look at his uh finances and realized things weren't uh things weren't keeping the momentum that he had started and uh, had to make some tough choices. Huh.
0: Sounds like a lot of tough choices. Oh, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Cause the thing is, is it just him now? He's got to Cause he said he's still working. They're still working on the books. Um, the production right. schedule has slowed down significantly, really slowed
2: With down. No employees. That'll happen. Yeah. yeah.
1: But he's got to still be, you know, probably just doing some, you know, dealing with people on a freelance i'm assuming this just means he has no full-time uh people working for him anymore right Um, yeah you know if you're producing something you have to have some you know freelance artists and uh that sort of stuff
0: Um, right maybe close closer you know people that were closer in john wick presents probably stayed you know there were probably a couple you know higher ups there
1: maybe well it's
0: just it says everybody or I laid off all of his yeah. employees. Yeah. Though. So I, I'm assuming
1: yeah. there are no, I'm assuming full-time. I think there are no full-time yeah. regular employees. I think he right. was probably just outsourcing what he needs to outsource or, or freelance, pick up freelancers, that sort of stuff. Um, cause the stuff has to get done. So he's got to be bring, you know, he's got to have somebody there, but if it's just yeah. on a part-time basis. That's, uh, less financially and- impactful. Before, before the Kickstarter
2: crowd kind of breaks out the pitchforks here, like, (laughs) I mean, let's look like, it's not a matter of just like he cut he like took the money and ran. He actually got a lot of stuff done. If you look at like all of the projects that he's like, uh, that have been kickstarted, I mean, he's got the, the, the core rule book, like physical printed on shelves. He's got how many books, like what? Six, I think source books, um, are, are printed now, um, seven seven okay yeah. yeah and a ton of accessories yeah. so like you and, know he's getting stuff put out yeah, and so. they're beautiful
1: products so mm-hmm. you know yeah oh, that's really a good are. point um and and he's he's not saying the stuff is not coming he's just saying the the production schedule is slowing down yeah, so yeah. that's uh you know y- yeah you're right the, the stuff is still there he's still keeping his promises it's just uh yeah, slowing it's down. gonna
0: take a little while longer than yeah exactly exactly well, yes. Yeah, same thing happened with um, with Jim McClure with mm-hmm. the uh, Satanic Panic people. Yeah. You know, he had oh. to get rid of a lot of those people. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's a shame.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I think I wonder how much of this is a dynamic coming from the kind of Kickstarter business environment. Uh, I, I'm, I'm saying, John Wick made what a million something dollars. When he, One point mm-hmm. three million. One point three yep. million for from,
0: from second edition
1: for yeah and you know you get get that kind of money and you want to run with it and, and you know you you kind of set yourself up um and especially because he was one of the first role-playing games to really explode that way uh
0: on kickstarter. on kickstarter yeah exactly yeah and
1: you know yeah i can understand the mentality of you know you start thinking oh i guess we're going to be the next D, and then you get out there and, and get your product out and once that initial explosion is that uh, is done you don't really maintain there's not that. much left it's not yeah. like you're making yeah. a million a year you made mm. you made a million and then it's once. you know just you know you've paid everybody's bought the game then so it's yeah. not like you're
0: you know doling continuing it. to make money yeah exactly yeah well you and get I, it all it <clears throat> you get it all a, a majority of it the the heavy bulk of it mm-hmm. up front and then you run with that but as things are releasing, maybe if they're not selling as well, that doesn't keep coming.
2: Yeah. You and know? I think that's the that's the core of it right there. It's like I mean the the, the the Kickstarter model kind of I, what keeps it successful or what's going to like allow you to kind of continue to roll with it is after you make that first product, if you sell enough of it to people who didn't just kickstart it like beyond like if you can get sales beyond your basically your pre-orders from kickstarter um then that's what's going to enable you to finance future projects mm-hmm. and it looks like that didn't quite pull off for him but uh it does look cool he has um done an update and he says uh katai is uh still slated for a, a may june release so that's not gone hopefully. it's not like, too
0: delayed yeah, yeah yeah
2: that's that's acceptable you know six months is like if, six you're, months. If, if you're used to, like, waiting for video game style delays, then six <laughs> months is nothing, you know? Yeah. Six is months is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: But what, aside from Katai, are there any other, like, uh, like like pending uh, John Wick things that you guys were really, really looking forward to that you hope he will see the light of day now?
1: Well, one of the big things, of course, is he's been kind of fighting with this board game of uh, War of the Cross. Oh, right. Uh, and I, one of the things he mentioned is he's trying to find, uh, a board game company to kind of coordinate with and, uh, try to, you know, again, kind of going the outsource route, um, of something that'd be a little bit, uh, you know, going somebody who's a little bit more financially set in that kind of, uh, game Mm -hmm. crafting environment.
2: Well, he's probably got a pretty good avenue for that one right now. There's been a whole lot of consolidation in the board game industry, Hmm. and a lot of, uh, like, um, Asmodee and a few others are, like, buying up everybody in sight. Hmm. So usually Mm -hmm. when there's that kind of expansion, they're also in a big rush to kind of take on new projects so they can, you know, start the pipeline going and, and, you know, prove that they can make money off of it. If he can get in on that bandwagon and either sell it either do something licensed or be part of a crew that 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 makes that happen then that would be very helpful like his Mm -hmm. timing on that could be really well yeah really well done yeah
0: yeah kind of going off to the side here um you know that that kind of boom of board games definitely has to do with kickstarter oh yeah have have you have you seen like every day new board games oh yeah are are coming out Mm -hmm. so you know it's smart that these companies are reacting to that and going hey we need to to figure this out and get a name for ourselves, you know all mm-hmm. these these development companies that are uh, they are making miniatures and, and board game elements and stuff like that.
1: Well, I think yeah. the same is true for role playing games. You know, oh, absolutely. There's, you know, Seven C. We love the game, um, but there's a lot of competition out there, and mm-hmm. you know, D and D, of course, is the the king of the hill, and yeah. you know, there's a lot, everything else. Yeah, I guess Pathfinder, but is there really a true is there anybody else even really close?
2: Yeah, aside you know, from Wizards, yeah, there's not a whole lot of stuff that, that sees play in brick and mortars nowadays. You know, you're not yeah. gonna find you know, you can get D D mm-hmm. and Target, but beyond that, mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah distribution issues across the board.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- absolutely. Because it's all it's all brick and mortar comic book shop game stores is mm-hmm. is is what they're outsourcing to. Maybe, yeah, maybe a few are going to bookstores, but yeah. that's, that's mainly, uh, you know, mainly Pathfinder and, and D and D, you know, yeah. when I, yeah. when I picked up this book from my, my, uh, local Barnes and Noble, hmm. uh, it was, there were three shelves full of D and D stuff just alone. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. there was
0: probably another one full one with Pathfinder stuff. Yep. And, uh, that's about it.
1: Yeah. You might find a couple of, I've, I've seen a couple of Modiphius things or yeah um, a couple
0: couple of theirs I, yeah. I have
1: seen 7c in more game uh centric stores yeah um, but uh yeah. You know, something that's really focuses on role-playing games has an abundance of 7c um and, and a lot of other stuff but yeah it's not it doesn't have the the household name quality of, of D. yeah well, yeah i agree
2: and on a somewhat related story, it looks like Evil Hat Productions had pretty much the same thing happen to it recently. So if you're a Dresden Files fan, <laughs> you know, um, it looks like their the releases on that are going to get dropped way back and be a lot slower and fewer between.
1: Well, they're... Uh, yeah. They're Fate, aren't they? Don't,
2: oh, they're Fate? I they thought Evil a... Hat was uh, Dresden. Well, yeah, I think
1: I, th- I thought Dresden was a... Well, Dresden's a
2: Fate game, yeah. But yeah. do they do the whole Fate system? I, I guess
1: so. I think so, yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, mainly <laughs> the big thing on my shelf that has their logo is the uh, the awesome Dresden Files co-op board game. Um, <laughs> I love that thing, and it's also great because the expansions on it are like five dollars a piece. That's awesome. But um, if you like co-op games, give that one a shot. I really enjoy
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, um, they're they Fate. They're Dresden Files.
1: Um, couple smaller ones. Yeah, but Fate's another very popular line. And very. If they're, yeah. And if they're suffering, that's. Says something. They yeah. were blade.
0: They they did blades in the dark as yeah. well.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah. Gumshoe. Hmm. No, they did. Bu- they did bubble gumshoe. Oh, okay. Gumshoe. Gumshoe was the. Uh, who was that? I don't remember. I'm
2: not sure, but they likely didn't have to lay off all their employees recently. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. It's 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 sad to see you know several you know gaming gaming companies you know having to do this well
1: yeah i think but i think that's the the kind of dividing line is there's a lot of independent stuff now which means the kind of the ear of the gaming companies is kind of diversifying a lot
2: yeah that is true yeah if we can kind of think about this as sort of like a good thing, I mean, the fact that there are so many diverse crazy games out there now, and, and obviously not all of them are going to do as well as D and D. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of inevitable uh, to see places having this, uh, you know, problems, but all we can do is just, you know, hope that they can, you know, roll with the punches and keep delivering the products that we love in a, a, a decent fashion. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. What's next? What do we, what do we got?
1: uh what else do we have you let's see let's uh, see, let's see. Uh, uh
0: gm fiat you want to oh yeah that's a good one jump over to gm fiat um, here
1: yeah this is uh came from a reddit article uh basically posing the surprise question, surprise yeah yeah uh what is your stance on gm fiat um basically Which- yeah go ahead Oh well, well. I
2: mean, yeah. If I if I read this right, basically what they're saying is the whole DM's word is law thing. So like, you get you know, generally you've got a rule book. It's got the rules in it, but the, the GM fiat basically states that whatever the GM wants is what actually happens. So the GM can override the rules at any point for kind of narrative convenience. Yes. Um, and that's I think
1: that's probably a fair kind of take on it, right? Yeah, I think that that pretty well sums it up. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: So it's it's um. It's something that I've seen a lot of people do. Um, but i I'm a very specific kind of a GM fiat. Uh, I, have a, I have a very <laughs> specific stance on that. Um,
2: so are you well are, are you pro or con? like what kind of what kind of fiat would be uh, acceptable to you and what kind wouldn't be?
0: Okay, so i'm I'm all about like if the GM wants to change rules and, and stuff like that, um, it needs to be before the campaign starts. Because it's like that's that's kind of house rules kind
1: of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but does, that, I, does that I count really as a fiat though, or is that just setting that's setting the, different the rules? house rule? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you're still, so you're still I, setting I guess, a baseline
2: of rules that everyone plays by. Yeah, yeah. You know, with with this, uh, I'm thinking
1: more like cheating dice rolls, that sort of thing,
2: or or you know, like you know what, you can't hit that bad guy because he has an indestructible force field. Period. I don't care if there's no spell yeah. for it. He just has an ind- like something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, I I would say if it's necessary, yeah. Define necessary if it, if it. Define necessary. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, like like fudging rolls if, <laughs> uh, like fudging rolls when like the luck of your players is in the shitter. Like if they can't get past this encounter, do something. You know, so that's, to like that's prevent fair on my
2: account. Critical miss party wipes, then that's
0: legit. That or, or progressing the story a little bit quicker if it's slogging on, you know, stuff like that. To, uh, you know, anything that would make the narrative of, of the story and make your players happy and stuff like that. Well, what caught? I'm, I'm definitely for.
1: What caught my eye specifically about this discussion is because I thought it tied so well to our talk last show about that uh, video that uh the players ruined yeah. the guy's campaign because basically because the guy didn't use gm fiat he did yeah he yeah. didn't yeah you know no, he, he didn't we exactly. discussed that he should have just cheated some roles he should have just said you know create okay make up a magic thing you find and
2: yeah or mm-hmm. or change the story behind it on the fly before the players discovered it the fact that he. Yeah kind of decided ahead of time that that's what it was going to be. And that's what was going to happen. And that he wasn't willing to say, okay, you know what? Because I don't want you guys going to the moon right now. That's just not what it is. I mean, if (laughs) if the players don't know, it's all the same to them. Um, Well, I guess we're getting back onto that topic, honestly, (laughs) but I'm, I'm actually a big fan of GM Fiat. Just, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. I like, I like when a good DM isn't afraid to say, okay, we've got a story going like in the name of keeping people interested, keeping the story interested, keeping things moving forward, not getting bogged down, any of these things are a worthy excuse for the DM to say, and you know what? Things work a little bit differently now. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to fast travel back to town, that's what happens. Even like though it means not making wandering random encounter rolls and doing all this other stuff (laughs) or, you know, like any of a million other things like encumbrance. Oh, you want to clear out the dungeon? Okay. Well, let's just say that you take two weeks and do that. And we don't have to role play the 50 trips to the store to sell loot over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. or, whether it's like like I said, the the, the the villain that is suddenly indestructible, sometimes maybe during the introduction of the villain, if he's doing his horrible monologue and the thief rolls <laughs> a twenty and headshots him, maybe something keeps him alive and you can actually play a game the rest of the night, and not just talk about what just happened at the tavern for the next hour and a half.
0: Right. So is is that a personal experience story? Because that reminds <laughs> me a whole lot of the this Seven C game that I hear so much about in the past. <laughs> <laughs> where uh where where steve temporarily turned into a power gamer I, yeah that did happen <laughs> was that uh, I, yeah <laughs> i recall that passively <laughs> through no fault of my okay it was
2: entirely my fault but, but no i and and uh, like in situations like that or you know now or whenever like mark or whoever is the gm is also willing to say okay you know what here's what happens like you can't always do exactly what you want at any given time like there's sometimes there's things that are going to stop you just for the sake of everybody else having fun too so if you've got a power gamer who wants to just murder his way through everything you know sometimes it's up to the gm to say you know what a guard steps in cold cocks you and you spend the night in the dungeon instead of you kill the king the queen the quest givers and everything else in this kingdom yeah exactly so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean I, I like GM Fiat. I think in the hands of a good GM, it's a good thing and it's not overreach.
0: Yeah. That's the thing though. A good GM. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs>
2: yeah. a good point.
1: I think the, that's also well, very specific. Yeah, well, think,
2: okay. So let's talk about when it doesn't work then. Give me
1: some examples of when GM Fiat is, is abuse and lame. I think the, one of the dividing lines is it needs to be done in the name of narrative. Uh, it has to be being done to keep the narrative alive. Um, Mm -hmm. preventing a a character from dying at a stupid time um, that sort of thing is is when it's appropriate I think when it's Mm -hmm. when it's a bad thing is when it's uh, interfering with uh, player agency the player ability or the player starts feeling like they can't control the environment at all Um, Mm -hmm. exactly but but overall I I agree with Steve I think uh, Game Master Fiat is a Very, very important thing. I think uh it's something you definitely need in your in your toolkit.
0: Yeah. And and like the famous once said, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have the power to do anything you want as a GM. Yeah. Theoretically. it's true. Uh you just you just have to use your judgment in order to do that well. Very good. And to to make it make it work Mm -hmm. in the situation, definitely.
2: And it should also be done liberally. I mean, I might be talking like, oh yeah, to splash that godlike power around. But truthfully, like if the players are seriously not interested in your narrative, you should be keyed up to those signs. Like if they're yeah. not pursuing the leads you set out for them or trying to do other stuff that you haven't planned out, then maybe you as a GM need to take a step back and say, maybe we should be doing things differently. If, they're, if everybody in your group is trying to be chaotic evil, it might be on you to rework the campaign and make it a chaotic evil campaign, and yeah, do so exactly. on the fly. Like, don't, don't just say, "Okay, no, that's the way it works," because I don't like the way you guys are doing it. That's not the right answer as a GM. Like, clearly, you're getting feedback and ignoring signs. So, yeah,
0: like, like Mark said, uh, GM agency, player agency. Yes, yes.
2: player agency. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely,
2: everybody at the table should be having fun. So, I guess. You know, if you're if you're going to, like, make some declarations in the name of everybody having fun, then you're probably doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's that's what it's all about. That's what this hobby is. That's what this lifestyle is. It's, you know, getting around with your friends that you enjoy being around and and, uh you know, having fun.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: that's, that's all it's about.
2: It's true. Well, and as the GM, you're the ringleader. Okay. You're the ringmaster Mm -hmm. basically of the circus that is your players. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's a matter of keeping things flowing for them Mm -hmm. and you're, you're working for them basically. But you know, if, if what you need to do is say, okay, here's the way the world works, you know, tell them and lay down some like ground rules, then, you know, it is completely appropriate. And it's fine if those ground rules don't come from a book.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, you know, and, and with somebody that's, that's got holes in his knowledge of game rules, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fully behind that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to that too, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you
0: listen to the first half of uh, Flash Bash and Panache? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of holes in those rules, <laughs> man. <sighs> okay. Hell, there still are. So. And yet, <laughs> but and I don't care. Still
2: rolled, like, and yet we yeah. had great flow for it. Exactly. So I mean, that's a great example, actually.
0: True, is a good point. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, and hey, we're having fun. That's what matters, right? Very true. Yeah. very, very yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing. We're playing the way we enjoy playing this game, yeah. and, and we're we're running with it.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, Nice, nice. Well, Um, some that I think, you know, we can kind of segue from there is another. This one I ran into on on Facebook. uh, And it's asked about uh, narrative cutscenes. What do you think? Acceptable or unacceptable? Um,
0: I'll start off. Good. Good. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Well, because.
2: I guess this yeah, on, right. on narrative though. I mean, just to just to make sure we frame this right, we're not talking about just like chunks of DM narration where they've got like a description of a room or something like that, that the players would see. Right. What they're saying is when it's something that the players, when giving the player like out of character knowledge, uh, in the name of progressing a narrative. So like yes. you cut to a villain and the villain monologues in some room that the players aren't anywhere near. Or something similar mm-hmm. to that, where it's it's a matter of like literally kind of like setting a scene like a movie would and putting it elsewhere right. beyond the character's point of view. Yeah, it's a very okay, cinematic sorry.
1: technique, but uh, yeah, yeah, bringing no, that to
2: role
0: play and, and 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 I, I I do enjoy it. I, yeah. I love it because it it makes you picture the the environment, the the world, the story even even that much better uh, because you have these details about about the world, these specific things that that are being just described to you that uh that I mean that really flesh out what's going on um and it's, it's it it gives the player's enjoyment as well I believe because it's kind of like you are living a movie more or less it is very cinematic
1: true but uh the other hand there's a di- there's a different I love cinematic games everything you know everything I do is pretty cinematic but there is a difference between role-playing and being, being a spectator in a movie versus being a participant in a role-playing game. And does that kind of out-of-character knowledge destroy the immersiveness uh, at all?
0: Um, I, I really think it depends on the amount it's done. Like, yeah. if you take ten minutes to describe this grandiose scene that these players aren't even a part of that's going to be boring that's going to be unimmersive but it's like if you sprinkle it in here and there you know it's it's really it's it's beneficial in in you know in small quantities
2: now i think my problem is i've just never actually not only have i not done this i mean i'm i'm kind of it's not that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it, but I would like to play a game sometime where I see this used effectively so I can get a, a good kind of basis for comparison because I've, I've never done this in the game I've done. I do feel like my my off-the-cuff kind of initial reaction would be, oh, it would make you feel like you're watching a movie instead of living a movie. So like I worry that it might actually get in the way of immersion. Um, and I, I in all the crazy like nut job stuff i've done as a gm that, mm-hmm. that hasn't been one of them um but that said um yeah I, I would like to see this actually used effectively i like to play a game and 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 see you know like oh okay well you know have it illustrated to me of uh, uh how this could could turn it around like uh, mm-hmm. improve uh narrative understanding for the players without without breaking immersion
1: yeah i agree yeah. i don't think i've i've ever used it or or experienced a good example of it
0: um, well, here, here, if I, I'm, I'm going to make a, a very bad comparison, so Mark, don't yell at me, <laughs> but um,
1: are we, are we but, going to a video game
2: again? Go for it. <laughs> well, well not, not
0: a video yeah. game specifically, but if you think about you're playing a video game, right? Mm-hmm. This happens. These cinematic scenes that your character isn't a part of mm-hmm. happens. Does They're that make time. you less immer- um, uh, immersed? What's the word? immersed yeah immersed yeah does that make you less immersed into the
1: game you're playing well you're talking about a video well, games so yeah um no i mean <laughs> but, it, but no yeah. well, it, it does
2: it makes you feel like i mean you're 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 watching a story but it does make me feel like more that i'm watching a story rather than i'm controlling events exactly so like yes if i Fair. get a, a cut scene of like the villain twisting a mustache and tying up the girl okay i know i gotta go save the girl but i am also just reminded that i'm not the one generating or or kind of controlling the environment like you know thing, events are happening around me yeah that's, that's
1: a great example um, if you see the, the villain tying up the girl then you're, you're going into a situation that you've already seen whereas if you're actually role playing it you're going in not knowing what to expect and then be surprised at the, the situation um, yeah so those are that, that's kind of the, the two variations here um, how much of that uh, precognition do you want to give the players uh, versus leaving it how they would actually experience it?
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I don't know. I think this would work with specific games more than a, a broad you know, saying it, it works best it's best for all games. Uh, but maybe, maybe something like 7th Sea um, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. mapping out something political, uh, or, or, uh, you know, nobility oriented, maybe something like that, giving, giving you an overall kind of look on, on some specific things.
1: True.
2: It it could be a, a good, it could be an efficient way to deliver, um, backst- backstory backstory or, exposition. some sort of, yeah. Uh, exposition. Yeah. How to like lay some of that down without having to drag players into a room and physically tell them something.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly, because that that would be a you know, some, maybe something simple like that, maybe giving mm-hmm. you that exposition and not having your players having to experience that maybe slightly boring in mm-hmm. RP uh, situation. Sure. yeah, definitely.
1: Now what I have seen done, um, and this is, is kind of the same thing, playing a little sub game where characters play other characters temporarily in order to play out a scene uh yeah. play play out essentially a cutscene uh like this that, that gives that kind of some background, some something uh that the that their actual players aren't really a part of. Right. You mean that, like that that assigning them temporary
2: characters or Yes, temporary okay. like
0: like portraying NPCs, more yeah. or less.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: okay 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 i could i could see that okay that makes sense yeah i thought you were talking like some hamlet scenario where like the wizard and fighter get on a stage and start doing a <laughs>
1: <laughs> no 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 just just like a little temporary game within a game type thing where you play somebody okay. else you know in order to play yeah. out one of these cut scenes um yeah. which you know at least that gets the players involved rather than you just sitting there right. as a game master explaining you know <laughs> playing two sides, you know, carrying out this discussion between these the villains <laughs> between. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, yeah. uh, it, it does, uh, it, it still gives the characters or gives the players information or knowledge of situation that their characters don't have.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. something I've seen this in more, um, for, for obvious reasons is something like critical role and the way Matt hmm. Mercer uh, narrates and stuff like that that's because it's for an audience exactly right as well exactly yes. so that yeah, you, know, you know that's that's the obvious you yes. know it's it's done then i mean but th- but then it also helps helps the the players as well uh you know understanding it as well but does it unfairly
1: so. help the players is the real question. probably so. let's be honest
0: probably <laughs> well
1: from from if from a
2: podcast perspective actually it seems like it would be a great opportunity to like if you if you could just do the players, and if you wanted to pre- give additional information to the listener that wasn't present to the players, you could edit it in afterwards. That's true. Like, yeah, that it would be like a perfectly accessible, after, after acceptable yeah. way to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. post editing. Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Put all that dry exposition in,
0: in post,
1: <laughs> just like George Lucas. Well, we we right. played yeah uh, you know, the seven the C uh, episode where I played with each of you individually. Um right and then, which is mm-hmm. kind of the same concept. It, well it's it's kind of the reverse concept because one of you does have that knowledge the other does not. Um yeah right and that brings uh you know some very different uh dynamic to the game. And mm-hmm. I I've,
2: I've done plenty of games where you do that where you've yeah. got like limited player knowledge or certain players have stuff that the other players don't have. That's oh. definitely something that I've used to great effect before.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Whisper I I always encourage whispers. In my games, yeah. like yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe the GM tells one specific person because they rolled higher, uh, you know, on
1: sure. well, the, for, yeah. uh, you know, in the notice check in then, the olden days, it was passing else. notes, passing yeah. Yeah. notes, same, same thing. Yeah. You, you can't exactly. play paranoia without it. It's yeah. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I keep, I keep coming cool. back to, uh, your quote, Zach, about, uh, role-playing games being the only form of media where the, participants and the audience are the same person but am i oh, the same person yeah you know and that's you know that's kind of seems apropos here in that yeah uh, you know it is a different form of storytelling than yeah. cinema or or prose or just about anything else because yeah. you do have that uh, immediacy of what's going on oh definitely
0: Most definitely, but yeah, it's the, the, the at home game where you're just with your friends, you're not performing for anyone, you know, that maybe that overall lore of everything Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be explained because they'll, they'll figure it out. True. You know, these, some of these cinematic scenes, these cut scenes aren't necessary, uh, because there's nobody on the outside that needs that information.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, sp- sprinkling it in every once in a while is is not a terrible idea. You know, it gives the players something else to slightly experience or, or maybe gives them some knowledge on something, you know, minor, maybe something about the city they're in or, you know, something like that, um, you know, yeah. it can kind of help them get into the story a little bit more, maybe have have some of that knowledge that maybe the uh, the character would have, but the player wouldn't have, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. Well, like Steve said, I think I would like, I would love to experience a good example of this, uh, and, and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. it would be interesting so Zach, you're up to for ne- experiment next for 7C, with 7C, Right. Most definitely. Go ahead.
0: Yeah.
2: I think we lost Zach.
1: I think you're right.
0: Did we lose Mark?
1: Coward. Man right up high. Oh, there we oh, go there. Okay. Sack's
0: back. Okay, good. <laughs> I lagged. I apologize. Aha <laughs> He was in a cutscene. <laughs> <I was> in... <laughs> yeah, I was telling the audience something. Aha <laughs> <laughs> that you all don't need to know. Oh my God. Oh, that's great. Alrighty. Uh but yeah, let's let's jump into our last little thing here. Um we got a little bit of time left, yeah. so let's throw it in. Why not? <laughs>
1: little bit of time left that's kind of uh, what the topic is isn't it um <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry about it yes <laughs> <laughs> this is another one that came from uh reddit uh basically it's setting up the uh uh premise the older we get the more we need them and the less we can play them referring to rpgs um and uh discuss what do you think discuss.
0: The more we need them, the less we can play them. I mean, yeah, it's you know, adulting is hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh and the the older you get, the more things you have to do and worry about and and uh, the less time you have for fun. True. It's Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. um I think it's it's also accurate.
1: You know, if you're in like high school or college, you have a a friend base that's very easy to to gather players and and yep. because
0: there's a common meeting place yeah. in in most mm-hmm. of those you know exactly well and you're closer to a lot more people
1: mm-hmm. very true
0: um than you than you are when you're an adult like yes. i had oh my God. i had more yeah, friends in high school than i have now yeah i've got i can i can count mm-hmm. how many how many very close friends i have on on both hands true. you know so true
2: and we've established that your hands are getting smaller too so <laughs> that yeah. works yeah,
0: I'm, I'm losing it. it. I'm losing it slowly. <laughs> <Yes>. It's <laughs> but that and cat scratches. I'll be. i be nothing. <laughs>
1: I know that feeling. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and then you know, everybody you know gets married, goes off, has kids. You know, getting you know coordinating that gets harder and harder. Um, mm-hmm. But what about the other yeah, part?
0: More, then? more responsibility. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that uh, the older we get, the more uh, the more we need it yeah um
0: absolutely
2: that's fair because yeah like limited social interaction is like really a thing i mean like that's kind of what rpgs are are good for Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean it's harder and harder like it's a major conquest if you can get like a a one day a week game going and maintained and back in the day it was like you know every day your friends are over every day there's like no reason not to be Mm -hmm. doing something constantly so yeah Yeah. it is it is sorely missed anybody remember
1: all night gaming sessions? yes what happened to i those? do wow oh
2: my gosh he <laughs> ran out you of became Mountain an too. adult yes summer. exactly <laughs> adulting sucks oh. although you know what's funny though if you remember back like remember when it was like I- i've got to save up for three weeks to buy this 120 twenty dollar book like well, yeah, it was yeah. a massive undertaking and that's now true. i've got piles of books that i'm never gonna read <laughs> and certainly never gonna play and, yep touche oh my gosh. Touché, that's yeah. the inverse right like yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh but uh, but yeah, you know, beyond that, I think the things that role playing kind of brings to uh brings to you is pushing beyond just the social aspect of it, pushing the imagination, the creativity, the uh empathy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, those are kind of things that a lot of times you just kind of see older people struggle with um because mm-hmm. they're not flexing those muscles. And yeah. I think the more that you know, people could keep doing this the more, you know, it could help a lot of things, um, you know, just with, with aging in general.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: That is entirely fair. Yeah. I I really think that just getting better at peopling is something Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that most
0: people need in their lives. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a muscle.
2: And if you don't exercise it, it, it gets weak. So
1: yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always kind of, had the scenario in my head of being uh, in an old old folks, old folks home, home and playing, and playing RPGs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh and and you know, I think I think it'd be great. I think that, you know, that kind of thing would just be uh perfect. Um there was that uh uh game that YouTube channel uh that was uh, the old people playing D and D. I don't remember what it was called. Um,
2: that sounds amazing.
0: But yeah. See, now Mark was just talking about how being creative and, and imaginative and keeping your brain active makes you remember things better. See?
1: Yeah. I, you <laughs> know, I don't
0: think this is, I don't think this is a good, uh, he's not vouching
1: for it. I don't well. game enough is the problem. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. exact, that's <laughs> exactly the situation.
2: Yeah.
0: If um, so you more, need to so you need
1: game special. more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that is something I I agree. It definitely needs to be done more. um, No, absolutely. Helps you. you
2: Although I can
1: totally see a scenario where it's
2: like, uh, okay, Bob, are we still in a dungeon or are you just telling us about Vietnam again? (laughs) (laughs) True.
1: true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh Oh, man. man. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that everybody needs to keep doing. You need to keep, keep your brain going, keep it active.
1: Yeah, yeah. A A R P G. That was the name of the
0: <laughs> There we go. <laughs> See? Oh my he got God. he got there, folks. Steel oh, trap. He got there. Right there. Right there. <laughs> so, nothing's getting out of that. <laughs> it's the best thing I've heard all day.
2: <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh man. Oh, that's great. Yep. But yeah, uh one last little thing we want to talk about. the yeah. uh, Social conscious DM game. Uh D oh. gaming. <laughs> Just some, some real short at the end here. Sure. Uh, yeah. What do you think? You want to read this off, uh, you guys? You you can go ahead. Trade off trade off parts there. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You want to do it uh, theater style here? Let me. Oh, okay. There you yeah, go. Yeah. It. Okay.
2: Who wants to be the GM? Who wants to be the player?
1: Hang on. Let me get the link. Here. Mark.
2: Mark. You be you. I'll be the I'll be the player. You can be the GM. How about that?
1: Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. Hang on. And wait. 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 Scene. Oh wait. 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 Okay. You're the player. Go ahead. I'm the player. And okay. scene.
2: okay i open the door into the next room
1: you see an orc armed with a battle axe guarding a chest
2: i enter into a frack and uh, frank and meaningful dialogue with the orc uh, validating his right to guard the chest but not pigeonholing him into a stereotype in hopes of restructuring the traditional adventure monster antagonistic relationship into something more positive and mutually beneficial
1: roll a d20 against your charisma skill
2: dice rolling i succeed
1: the orc is moved by your rhetoric. Casting his battle axe aside, he sits down on the chest and invites you to join him in a brainstorming session about ways to revitalize the decaying subterranean infrastructure and society of the dungeon, perhaps with a...
2: While he's distracted, I stab him with my sword.
1: <laughs> and <C>. seat!
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: Right. Bravo, bravo. That was
2: cute. and totally plagiarized, by the way. Uh, it's awesome. I love Yes, yes like it
1: a... is. So, oh it's great I, it's I, really great i don't know where this came from it, 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 yeah but uh it
0: looks yeah. it looks like uh the the same text they use in in the dungeons and dragons books i've
2: read this it someplace does. actually yeah i think it might be from the new D guide or something like that it might be
1: um, from
0: fifth ed yeah
1: yeah 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 that's
2: be. actually really cute i like it
1: <laughs> however we know that yeah that would never be steve because uh, he wouldn't use charisma yeah. charisma is his dump stat <laughs> charisma
0: is my dump stat, always oh that's great that's awesome you know but what
2: yeah. I think I think Mateo's turning me around charisma will never be my dumpstead again <laughs> every character I make from now on just you say that Mateo re- awesome re-rolled yeah exactly it's true, it's true.
0: Mm-hmm. exactly but yeah that's great well gentlemen it has been a pleasure actually I, one uh, more thing oh. can we
1: throw in here I want to find out about uh, Steve's experience at uh, Florida Free Play
2: Oh my God. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh yes. It was, yeah. Previously mentioned, uh, the, the game I tracked down at pre-play was not the, uh, the limit of my excursion there. Um, basically <laughs> I, I set up a table there and, uh, aside from passing out, um, uh, business cards for, uh, uh, tabletop Radio Hour. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, selling, peddling my uh, the games that I've made. So uh, I've got uh, Recamec and uh, two sets of anarchade The reason I got a table there is because uh, Free Play is uh, an expo for pinball and arcade machine collectors. Okay, and they all bring in these old, like beautifully maintained machines and set them all up and set them all for free play. And admission, you can just roam around and play hundreds and hundreds of these vintage machines uh, just all day long or all weekend long. And uh, they have vendors' tables. So I got a table and, and set it up and attempted to shill my card game, which happens to be based on parodies and mashups of old classic coin ops, because let's face <laughs> it, that's as absolutely niche as you can get. And it seems like the convention was, you know, the target audience for it. So I'm like, okay, if I can't sell this here, <laughs> then I can't sell it anywhere. So you can't
0: sell it anywhere. Yeah, exactly.
2: But it exactly. turns out I couldn't fact sell it there. I sold out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, nice. Nice. <laughs>
1: And uh, you yeah. won an award, right? What was What was that I award? Did, in
2: fact, yeah the the Free Play Florida One Up Award. Um, so came by and put a little purple ribbon on the table, and you know, honestly, I love with you. I'm still not entirely sure what it's for, <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: but you won it. That what matters. It, yeah, yeah.
2: And it was it was quote unquote presented by the uh, I, I believe the husband of uh, a lady who laughed a lot at my cards. So I think that that's okay. basically what it was about. Well, and um. Yeah, a smashing success all around.
1: Well I gotta say, you know, I, I went there. I didn't have a table and but uh you know, we went there on Saturday and I got to see Steve set up and and uh hang out there a little bit. Um and uh, I gotta say what you had was really so much more unique than there weren't a lot of booths there. There were what, maybe half a dozen
0: that sounds about right yeah, yeah, artists
1: that well, were set up and yeah. people selling. And you know, most of them were like selling old gaming consoles. Somebody would do mm-hmm. like needlepoint of gaming images or something. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of perler beads. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what you had was really, really unique compared to what anything else, what anybody else had. So I, I'm not, I'm not surprised that uh, it really stood out and then beautiful products too. So, you know, it's, oh. it's, yeah. I, I say is one of the contributing artists. <laughs> 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 the most talented of my contributing artists thank you so much Mark. <laughs> and but, actually um
2: yeah and you know check out actually all my stuff if i can plug it real quick at topo dog.com uh all my games and current projects uh you can find there so topo dog.com just all one word just like it sounds and um yeah and i had a great time doing it it was amazing i'm looking forward to going back again in the future and nice. dude that it was it was a blast honestly even if i didn't have a table it was so cool i played so many weird ass <laughs> video games that i didn't even know existed um yeah it was it was an incredible weekend it was it's a great so, experience, so much yeah. fun
0: and that was this was this this weekend or was this last week
2: uh last weekend last last week.
0: weekend yeah very cool yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: well awesome yeah that was that was really really cool well, nice. Yeah. Gentlemen, it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. And, uh, and I look forward to the next one. You bet. Likewise. And that's it for this episode of tabletop radio hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletop radio hour. And on iTunes, you can find us on Twitter at tabletop cast. If you have any questions or comments, you can join us over on facebook.com slash tabletop radio hour for regular updates. We also have an email address, that is tabletopradiohour at gmail.com. Our website, tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s.